0: Our world is dying, politicians are lying And just when you feel like crying Sit and have a listen to people who have shit themselves Hi, I'm Claudia. I'm Evie, and we are the hosts
1: of the Poodcast, a podcast where we tell stories about people pooing themselves. Uh, the Poodcast is also a podcast that will focus on and discuss the issues surrounding bowel and bladder conditions, such as IBS, Crohn's, colitis, celiac disease, cystitis, urinary incontinence, and plenty more. You're very
0: good at saying that now. I you think, just, you just rattle through.
1: I think that was the, the, the quickest one I've ever done. It's because, you know what? I want to get into the voiceover market and I want to oh. be able to do the terms and conditions apply to anyone over oh, the age oh, oh, of <laughs> Do you think that's an no? Oh, sorry, it's so all separately. I'll, say, yeah. I'll send it in to someone. Um, I don't know who. Maybe Meryl Streep or somebody. Um, we want to break break the stigma surrounding these conditions, and we want to get people talking about toilets. We have historically found these topics especially difficult to talk about. It whether it's an invisible illness or just what our bodies do naturally every single day. So we think that it's probably time to change that do you agree oh, i i concur <laughs> that's a, a real relief <laughs> um <clears throat> so
0: this week our focus is going to be on invisible illness and masculinity and we always like to kick things off with our age old question of Evie, how is your bum and how is your tum thank you for asking me i've got some things to say tell me
1: um so i went away to devon at the weekend oh nice well i just feel like I come on the podcast and all I do is talk about that. I've been on holiday. Well, not holiday, these sort of shit staycations. <laughs> I went to Kent and Devon. Yippee. It's lovely. Um, very nice places, actually, not a problem. Um, very, very lucky. Very nice to go to Devon. Stayed in somewhere with a hot tub. So.
0: What? I know. So these are very nice holidays. I know, really, really lovely Spoiled holidays. You
1: fucking brat. Um, <laughs> but I'm not always on holiday, but. The past couple of weekends, I happened to have been away, sure. and in a similar um, vein to what happened in Kent, I got constipated again, and again I didn't poo the whole time. Fuck! So we were there for th- three nights, and I pooed on the way back, not in the car, but like we stopped off at a pub, and I and it's almost like as soon as I sort of get inside, you know, the what for gap, the bowels go release. She's, like, she's home. <laughs>
0: but I why just, do you think that is because people often say when they go away on holiday that they don't poo and sometimes mm. it, it's whether that they're nervous or that they don't because they're sharing maybe a more close proximity flat or bathroom or whatever yes or it's because when you go on holiday you maybe don't eat as much veg or food mm. that will allow yourself to poo i don't understand what it is but i i too rarely poo on holiday
1: you two r- rarely poo? On holiday, yeah. Okay, well, I think there's lots to talk about there. I think <laughs> if you've got a problem with pooing on holiday, do get in touch and, and, you know, let us know. What's the longest you've gone without pooing as well, by the way? Oh, uh, oh
0: God. I don't know. Oh, because
1: you had that I incident. I had that incident,
0: I no, where I was heavily constipated and went to the doctors and then they had to put a gloved finger up my bottom and, I, and a little bit of poo was on his glove. Did he show you afterwards? He went, oh, it there's a little... Like a dirty puppet yeah, like, show. look what you've done, little girl. Like, you know, like the shaming puppet. Look at me. Look at me. Look what you've done. I felt really embarrassed. That was when Sally was in there as well. There was the whole thing. Yeah, Sally's always in there. Oh,
1: um. So, yeah, so, number one, constipation. Number two, if you follow us on Instagram, you may have also seen that I got stuck in the sea. How did this happen? I went to a beach where, I don't know what it's called, but is uh, there's... It was like we were on the beach and there's a small island maybe I don't know 400 metres away okay. um, and you can just walk across the sand but when the tide comes in it comes in on both sides of the sand so this sort of strip of sand gets narrow and narrow until you can only get um, across by either swimming or this like sort of giant beach tractor. Like in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang where they suddenly turn around and Exactly just I always think of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang when right. I go to this beach um, so it's basically like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and I really could have done with a flying car because what happened is, is there was a lot of pissing about and deciding whether or not we were going to even because there's a pub on the other side so this obviously puts the urgency into context
0: can i just say really quickly when i went to a quiz once there was a team it was it was a quiz all about sex and Mm. the winning team name was clitty clitty bang bang and i thought that was the best thing i've ever heard
1: that's the best pub quiz name i've ever heard
0: mine was the labia party which i thought was quite good as well very nice anyway as you were continue you're in the seat
1: So there was a lot of pissing about us to decide, oh, oh, should we wait for the tractor? Because in, you know, sort of typical Devonian style, it was like, we may turn up in 40 minutes and get this tractor across. Sure. And everyone's... And there's a big queue. And because of social distancing, there was only maybe 12 people allowed on this tractor at one time. Um, And my boyfriend and his dad were waiting because they were going to go across on the tractor and I could just see this strip of sand sort of get narrower and narrower and I just thought fuck this I want to get to the pub I knew they cho- cho- um, served some che- cheesy chips then you have to get to the pub and I had to get to the damn pub but I just was fully clothed I had no swimwear with me because it was quite a rainy day and I didn't expect to be getting in the sea sure so I, and, and um my boyfriend's brother and sister-in-law had already gone across so I had on one hand my boyfriend and his dad waiting and it was like Sophie's choice there was sort of two on the Side I wanted to get to, there was probably somebody who was technically closer to me on the side I was at, but I wanted to get across, and I just thought, and and there was a lot of looking. i'll watch! Oh, let's wait for the tractor. I could just see this strip of sand getting smaller and smaller. So I took off my trousers. I was there, just just knickers, just knickers, and I saw Were they nice knickers? Across. Nope, they were oh, grim. Geez. I started striding across, and I was getting a few looks because it was like the last helicopter out of saigon because nobody else was doing it at this point because everyone was thinking the strip is getting way really too small <laughs> i'm also four foot ten so when people say don't worry it'll probably just come up to your knees obviously to me that's like nostril height yeah you're literally like, snorkeling like, <laughs> I, I needed a snorkel i mean at least on the way back as well that's another story Bloody hell. but i started powering through and the next thing i knew my the sea was like underneath my bra and i had to take my backpack off and hold it above my head because my phone was in there and um nick's brother managed to get a picture of me and i look insane but i was just completely stuck in the sea i didn't even get an opportunity to wee in the sea and then on top of this the whole weekend my boyfriend's nephew thought my name not because he's two he thought my name was wee wee so I think calling <gasps> me wee wee, thought, and then and then everyone would be like, "Oh, would you like wee wee to hold that for you?" I'm like, "Can we stop?" They went along with it. Yeah. So it was just it was a bit of a disaster. start to finish the whole, and you trip. didn't even
0: get to wee in the sea. Didn't I know you did wee in the like
1: sea. Didn't get to sing my song. At least you've got
0: it. like maybe you're, you're you have quite nice breasts. Maybe they could have been good flotation devices to kind of get you Boyd through. through. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure even if the height was a problem, you would have floated. Thank you so much. You're yeah. Welcome. I mean,
1: there's that's the one good thing.
0: <laughs> I was never Never worried about you
1: <laughs> i look i mean if you haven't seen the picture on your social media please funny. check it out
0: because it looks like i just need when you send it to me i thought it was your way of being like i didn't want to get in a swimming costume but i did want to wee in the sea <laughs> so i just waded so, in as i in was the mix and pissed in my pants oh i've got something to say i
1: don't know if i should say it now go on say also it. i've been doing a bit of um child care at the moment I'll go into that maybe in a later day, but I've been sort of doing overnights. Yeah. And and sort of on the back of our conversation about um young girls not being able to say vagina. Oh yeah. The two year old I was looking after, she was having a bath and I was like, Come on, we need to get out now and she had a flannel and she looked up and she went, I'm washing my vagina. <gasps> and I was like, I love it. This is um this That's is very really topical. Good. So there there is at least one child out there. And at least she's it. washing it. And she was using a flannel, and she <laughs> didn't you know what I hope they, they wash like, the flannel. Yeah. <laughs> She
0: washed her face with it straight after. And oh, for
1: God's sake! Anyway, Claudia, how
0: how are your tum and bum after that? Oh, no, I can't stop thinking about that dirty flannel. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, my tum and bum, have, they've been all right. They, I, I went, I also went away. What were oh, we you
1: like, God, ladies of leisure? I
0: went to, to Cambridge with um friends from school.
1: God, we love shit trips. I know, we?
0: and do you know what? I was really worried um, that they thought. So basically, um because I was diagnosed with IBS a little bit later in life a lot of my school friends don't necessarily know about it yeah. because it doesn't affect me all the time and, and it's not necessarily something that I always bring up with people but they've all been listening to to the podcast god bless them and um ah, they're the people that listen yeah there, there are four <laughs> listeners and um and then on the first night I had a flare-up and I was really worried that it looked like I was making it up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, I don't know if you know, but I've got IBS. And oh, Just to be like, just up. to prove, I'm not lying. I do have this condition. But we were, um we, we'd we had like fajitas. And I'm starting mm. to notice, I don't know, because remember I said this to you the other day, tomatoes might mm. suddenly have to be added to a list of things I can't have. <sighs> oh, because dear. I'm just starting to notice a pattern. And the pattern is always like... Seeded like tomatoes, like fresh tomatoes. Oh,
1: fuck. Um, but so, not chopped tomatoes. No, like chopped, cho-
0: yeah. This is, we oh, have man, them in the fajitas. And I love them, but it might not be that. I might, I feel like I want to kind of go back to a dietitian and like realise because yeah. a lot of stuff seems to be changing for me anyway. But I did start to get very, very sweaty. And I asked them if we could open the back door. And then I asked them, I was like, sorry, girls, I'm going to have to sit in my bra and pants. And I was (laughs) actually... That doesn't sound like a flare.
1: I know. Well, (laughs) yeah. That sounds like a Come on. Um, Sorry, girls. I'm just going to strip right down.
0: Well, also, I borrowed one because they all showed up in the old really nice loungewear. And I didn't bought any loungewear with me. And I, I felt really uncomfortable and they all looked so comfy. So I... I nicked one of their trousers while they went to the toilet. And there's also my friend who's six foot one, so I was like, <laughs> they're like, they're, they're like collots on her and they were like scraping the ground. But anyway, I was wearing them and oh. I was starting to get really bad wind and I thought, I can't, I can't, have really bad wind in her nice pajama trousers, and then give them back to her. Yeah, So can't then I, that. I stripped down to my pants, and then they asked if we could all play Monopoly Deal. Have you ever played Monopoly Deal? No. It's like a card game version of Monopoly, but I'd never played it before. And you know when people try and explain a new card game to you, and it never makes sense, you always have to play it three or four times. Oh my god! I had I was sat in my pants. I had um, an ice pack on my stomach. Oh Claudia! I was sweating streams. I was trying to down uh, down this peppermint tea. And they were like, so basically, you can't use that card unless you're going to use a sly deal. Not and if interested. you want to have a jammy deal on top of the purple and the green, oh. oh. I
1: can't take Sweet in Jesus. Uh,
0: game rules at the best
1: of times. Oh, I
0: couldn't. I couldn't focus, and funnily enough, I lost. And they were all taking advantage. They kept taking my properties. And I thought, you absolute bitches! You can see that I'm here having a very difficult time, and I don't want to give you another house or a hotel. No, just did let you, me have it. Did you
1: take the trousers back and start farting in them? As no,
0: payback? I. I yeah. <laughs> 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 and one your property. And one last thing about my bum and my tum. Okay, so. This house, I believe that we stayed in, was haunted. I okay. I don't usually believe in stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I was lying awake at night and I could hear lots of noises. And it was three. Was it your and, ass? No. <laughs> <laughs> I could just hear all this wind and.
1: I
2: actually oh, was about to say I could hear loads of
0: wind. Oh my god! But I could hear all these noises, and then because I was awake, uh, and because I, you, do you ever get you need to um, wee a lot more when when you've had booze, and then yeah. but nothing actually really then happens as a. Well. So I thought, oh fuck it, I'll just go to the toilet. Went to the toilet, sat on the toilet shut the door so that I wouldn't wake any of the other girls because yes. I'm, I'm lovely yes. and then I heard one of the girls wake up come mm. down the corridor mm. and wait outside the bathroom so I thought oh fuck I've woken one of them up so I had to do a quick wee Ugh. open the door, there's nobody fucking there There's nobody in the corridor, Evie. Mm -mm. I'd heard footsteps. Like, genuinely, there was so clear that I was like, someone's outside the door. Really? And there was no one there. And then I needed to nervous wee for the rest of the night, but I was too scared to go back to the toilet. Mm -hmm. So I was sat there holding myself,
1: like, cradling myself. That's the worst. When you're in (sighs) bed and you need a wee, and then you can't decide if you do need a wee, it's just your brain telling you you need a wee because you're getting...
0: And usually I'll always get up and go, but I
1: didn't want to anger the ghosts. I know. I think this is why we should bring bedpans back.
0: <laughs> no? this, this is why. This, this is why. <laughs> For all those situations you're in when you think there's a ghost... I'm not going to lie. If there had been like something that I could have weeded into in that room, like a bottle or something, yeah. I really didn't want to go back into that corridor. I was convinced was it an old
1: house? Yeah. I mean, not that I think that. I ma- just disclaimer, like, oh, it's an old house, therefore it must be haunted.
0: I'm not a big so one into but... into ghosts and stuff, but it was so. Anyway, so that's how my bum and have been. They've been through it's a, ghost a lot. Of your bowels, the maybe. ghost of my bowels passed. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, shit. Have you ever <laughs> seen a ghost? <laughs>
0: a bloated ghost. Oh no. <laughs> Permission to discuss conditions. So this week, our focus is on invisible illness and masculinity, and we are pleased to be joined by Glenn Nielsen. At 26, while serving as an intelligence operator on board a submarine, Glenn was diagnosed with cancer in three places and was swiftly discharged. Only a few years later, in 2001, Glenn was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and at age 29 woke up in intensive care with a stoma after having had an emergency ileostomy operation and a total proxocolectomy. Years later, after consistently throwing himself into dangerous excursions with abandon and having recurring nightmares, Glenn came to a realisation that led to a diagnosis of PCSD. He still continues his love of all things Limitless and in 2019 climbed Kilimanjaro, raising money for Crohn's and Colitis UK. And finally, earlier this year, Glenn was nominated for a Positive Role Model Award for the National Diversity Awards 2020. He says, because I have a bag for life on my side, my bag will always be half full. Not literally, it's a figure of speech. (laughs) Welcome, Glenn. How are you?
2: Thank you. Um I'm Always brilliant, thank you very
0: much. Lucky you. (laughs) And Glenn, we always ask our guests, "How's your bum? How's your tum? How are things with you?"
2: Well, my bum is obviously a distant memory. Yeah, Um, and all is good. And my tum getting fat during lockdown. I think.
0: Oh gosh, (laughs) isn't it for all of us? I've
2: definitely put half a stone on during lockdown. Actually, put a bit more, but I've lost a little bit since then.
0: Oh, anything in particular? Mine was crumpets. That that was the devil. Um,
2: Mine was twenty-four hour allowed to drink whenever you want and party.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> Basically, that was it. And I built a bar in my garden, and I think that's probably the worst <laughs> thing I've ever done. You <laughs> built a bar? Yeah. She keeps confiscating the keys off me.
0: <laughs> Wait. So it's a a bar that you could like lock up.
2: Oh, it's a, yeah. It's got like your pumps and everything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> is that is incredible? Give a bar. name for the bar.
2: Yeah, it's called the Doghouse. <laughs> so I don't mind getting <laughs> the dog.
0: what does the doghouse
1: serve? What have you got there?
2: What oh, serves everything? A lot, a lot of whiskeys gins. We've stopped doing Guinness because it didn't get drunk enough. Um everything.
0: <laughs> Has anyone ever been kicked out of the doghouse? Do you ever see
2: There's a few on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
0: One of those. That's absolutely incredible. That I think um, um
1: I don't know if you ever watched um is it George Osborne does Amazing Spaces? Yeah. There was a guy yeah that built a built a a bar in his in his shed and it was absolutely incredible. It just it's in my shed.
2: Actually it's just in my shed, I just converted a massive shed as just a pub.
0: Oh fantastic. My mum and dad at their caravan park that they run, there's there's a ma- a neighbour who's opposite who absolutely hates them. And on the bar they have a bar on the caravan park. So they've just called it Piss Off Clive. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great name for a bar as well. I'd go to Piss Off Clive. I mean I often do go to Piss Off Clive. It's great.
1: So Glenn, can you please tell us a bit about your diagnosis with um, ulcerative colitis and and what that was like, because that was only a short time after your cancer treatment.
2: Yeah, I'd I'd pretty much been given the all clear, not the all clear, but it was the end of my treatment and I was quite happy with life. So it was the start of 2001 and I just started being basically unwell with like toilet and couldn't look after my little lad and like 40 odd times a day at the toilet and I was getting weaker and I was wasting away to nothing. And like you say, you have an instance where you're, you're touching cloth and then you're, you're basically not more than touching cloth. You're doing the cloth, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you like, are the cloth. Yeah, some so horrendous incidents. And then I went away up the lakes on all day and that, that, this was near the final straw, I think. And then um, my son was fishing, so I had to keep jumping in the water where he was fishing to go to the toilet because we are in the middle of nowhere it was. And it attracts fish. If you ever empty your bag or whatever, it attracts fish. Stop it. <laughs> oh tip for fishermen.
1: <laughs> did you did you become the bait? In a way?
2: Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know why all the fish were following us. <laughs> um, oh
1: my goodness.
2: <clears throat> but it, that was the end of it. I just thought, and then when I came home, I'd just collapsed and was rushed into hospital. My God. And that was, I'd lost like five five stone. I've always been quite thick set, but losing five stone, roughly four five stone in a few months was... It's a lot for the body to take, really. You know,
1: and different. and were you scared?
2: Yeah, but but you've still got to put the brave face on here for the family and be the be the block in the house. And I'm all right. I just go to the toilet a lot, basically.
1: And uh, do you think you you did that because you were trying to support everyone around you? And and did you know deep down there was something very very wrong?
2: Yeah, because of the blood and stuff like that.
1: Right.
2: The amount of blood you're passing in, some of it's very bright, some very dark, and then globules globules of blood and stuff I was passing in me thinking, this is really not good at all. But going to the doctors, and and I'd already just had cancer where they're putting cameras down, and I didn't ever want to go to hospital again. Mm. And you were so young as well. Yeah, quite young, yeah.
0: And how did it feel? Obviously you'd you'd had such a healthy fitness lifestyle. How did that feel to have that taken away from you? Did, did you feel confident that you would be able to get that back or did you not really see light at the end of the tunnel in terms of fitness?
2: I did, I did feel confident I'd get it back because I know you've got an inner strength, everyone has it, but whether you utilise it or not, another another kettle of fish. But I, I did thought at the time I was going to die from it because I was that weak and then and especially in the hospital, I just thought, "Poof! I can't believe I'm going to pass away in this hospital."
1: Yeah. Um, actually, something you just mentioned before—you said, sort of, during your cancer treatment, you'd had you—you you said you'd had cameras and things. Yeah. Um, and so did the the colitis develop after that, or is that something they missed? Or
2: no, after that. Right. Okay. Yeah, completely separate. It was just—I didn't even know it was colitis, and they didn't know until they said, um "I don't remember getting spoke spoke about the operation really." So I was that high on drugs. They they sort of explained to the wife about the operation, I lost me, proctoclectomy, taking out your anus and, and your colon, et cetera. And they just said, you might not have to have a storm you might. And then I just woke up with one, basically. Wow.
0: And did they consult your wife about that? Obviously, you said that maybe they weren't able to speak to you because you uh, had yeah. some new drugs, but did they speak to her about it?
2: Yeah, they did. They just said, if he doesn't get it done, he's going to die in a few days, basically. Wow. Because I was, they, that was that week. They said, if they waited any longer, I won't be strong enough to recuperate from that operation. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I didn't die, did I? So.
0: Well, I mean, we're looking great. Yes, you. Yeah. you look great. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And how, and obviously you're here chatting to us, but how difficult do you think it is for men to talk about bowel conditions or time in hospital and, and how it might affect their mental health, both both in everyday life and obviously in the armed forces?
2: Oh, it's a very macho background, isn't it? Of all the jobs, it is quite a macho job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, I know it's like the cancer I'm talking about when I started getting lumps in my neck and we were on operation somewhere at the time, I didn't complain about it as quick as I should because I didn't want to get seen as shut up crying on, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Can't get off because we, where we were I couldn't could have got home anyway for what we were doing but I should have mentioned it two weeks before really because it started to squeeze, shut my air pipe and stuff like that, mean windpipe and stuff and then I struggled getting off because we were under the ice and we were doing whatever we were doing and stuff like that. so. There's definitely the masculine side. You just don't want to look like a bit crying on yeah, really.
1: And and when did that mindset change for you?
2: The minute I told them about the lump and I got told to shut up, uh, stop crying on. <clears> then <throat> when it started to squeeze my windpipe through the night to the point where I, I was struggling to breathe, and I went up to the, the the captain, basically, and explained, and said I wanted to sort and I said, oh, someone's going to be liable. like. And they instantly got a helicopter I was whisked off. Straight hospital. So after that, I thought anything wrong, tell them straight away.
1: Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. even in life in general. Now if if I've got something to say, I try and do it a bit more diplomatic. But just say it. Be kind, but just say it. Do you know what I mean?
0: And do you, think you're fine, do you think men are more open about talking about things like mental health or, or physical conditions as, as time has lost? Even in the last 20 years, it seems like there, there's been a shift. Do you find, obviously, I know that you have done some public speaking. Do you find that there are lots of men there who, who are willing to listen and willing to talk, or do you think it's still potentially a bit of a difficulty for a lot of people?
2: Going to the events and meeting people who've had the civil operations and things like it, that, the men generally always sit right at the back. They always ask the least questions. And then they'll pull you aside before they leave and they'll kind of just have a quick word. So no, they, they still, although they, they'll still be there, they still the quietest in the groups every time. And they'll try and ask you, say, like questions in secret rather than in group form. Or I don't know whether it's a daft question or they're just scared to answer, uh, like ask the question. Um, it could be sex-related, it could be anything. And you
0: have a son. What kind of advice would you give to him about being open and, and
2: talking about things like that? Move out your own ask
0: your advice to your son is fuck off
2: <laughs> yeah basically yeah or do one
0: can we get that on a mug or some sort of t-shirt that would be great
2: airboard or do one wait <laughs> he's 25 he's about six foot three big strapping lad good looking lad loves life um gas engineer on the roads digs holes for a living so he's fit amazing just his little shit though <laughs> <laughs> Just a big handful. He's gone from a little handful to a big handful. <laughs> oh my yeah. I mean, he keeps it on my toes a bit. <laughs> yeah, I bet he does.
1: <laughs> do you have open conversations with him about this kind of thing?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anything. M- maybe too candid sometimes with it from his side because he used to be a rep in a cypress, bar crawl rep and-, and sometimes even in front of like his mom, the wife, she'll say, do I really need to know what you were doing with that girl? <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's good,
1: isn't it? <laughs> that sounds like a really nice
0: environment, though, to have that yeah. kind of conversation with your parents. I mean, I think I feel like you have that with your parents as well, to an I, extent. I do have it with my parents. I feel like I know that if I ever, I was in any trouble with something, whether it was embarrassing, a medical condition, or, or something like that, I think I would always be okay to talking my parents about it. I think what is different is is talking to parents about mental health because yeah. I think my parents are still very much of the generation of like get on with it a little bit not that they're not supportive but it, it is still a little bit like oh you'll be fine stop it stop it like kind of thing which I think those conversations can actually be harder to have
2: yeah definitely I'd, I'd agree yeah definitely
1: yeah so um Sort of in regards to your um, PTSD, is that something that affects your life daily or is that something that you've overcome?
2: I don't don't think you ever overcome so much like that really. But I I just lived, I didn't know I had it. I just lived my life, just cracked on with my bag and whatever and just self-employed, just got on with life. But they, certain things kept happening over and over again, obviously nightmares and whatever other stuff. And then I just thought, I'm going to go to the doctor and mention it because why is it always going back to this this event yeah. that happened? They've never even spoke to anyone about the event, apart from the wife and the doctor, and a few shrinks.
1: <laughs>
2: and that was it, really. I just, by, by once again, by talking about it, it pretty much cured it. Yeah. So it becomes such an open issue to myself rather than keeping it locked in and speaking about it become like an open issue. So it didn't become a problem. It's only a problem if you keep it
0: yourself, isn't it? Exactly. Well,
1: yeah, quite. I mean, gr- growing up, my mum's mantra used to be, a problem shared is a problem halved. Mm-hmm. And it used to really annoy me because I'd be like, that's not solving my problem. I don't want to tell you about my boyfriend, mum. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it it it's true because yeah. as soon as you start talking about it, you sometimes find out lots of other people have felt the same mm-hmm. or just they can be more aware of if you know you are feeling down, they are kind of more in tune with with what you're going through. Um, and exactly what you were saying, I think sometimes it's, it's really hard to talk about mental health because it's not something you can show with results, like with colitis, if you've got a stoma, you're like, here it is, you can physically see it, whereas with men- mental health, sometimes it can be a l- way less tangible
2: than that. The thing about hidden disabilities, isn't it? If you don't see the, the disability, you haven't got it. The general thing yeah. is, isn't it? It's yeah. same as mental health.
0: And I think we're so lucky if we do have people in our lives, like you were saying, we're talking to your wife about it or talking to friends and things. And for people that don't have that person to talk to, um, this is where you hope that, you know, things like podcasts or websites where those platforms are out there for people that hopefully people can reach out, even if it's reaching out to a stranger so people can get the help they need, especially when we're in times like lockdown where people (laughs) really do feel like they're on their own. It's, It's so important to talk. So I think it's, it's amazing that you go and do these speeches to people and promoting that within your own family and stuff.
2: I don't know if it's selfish, but it's the only thing that's ever made me feel like we're doing, you're doing something really worthwhile. It's a, yeah. helping that one person is such a such a nice thing.
0: Glenn, so you climbed Kilimanjaro. Can you tell us about your journey with that? Hell, <laughs> <laughs> good done, wicked.
2: <laughs> oh, that was hell. <laughs> my knees, knees still ick. Oh <laughs> really? my gosh, really bad, yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh my. So what about, why did you decide to, to take on that massive challenge?
2: I, I, I like climbing, I, I like walking mountains, not climbing as such, but walking and I like hiking and things like that. Yeah. And I like travelling and it's a bit different. And I thought, right, I want to go to Africa, so I may as well climb the biggest mountain in Africa.
0: Obviously, and
2: why wouldn't you? Who doesn't? I, obviously, I booked the trip and then a couple of my friends said, oh, are you doing it for charity? I was like, no, just myself. Selfish again, do you know what I mean? <laughs> He said, "Oh well, he's he's some money." So I, I raised a few thousand pounds for charity as well. Yeah, but that was good. Fantastic. And what essentials
0: did you have to pack to keep your IBD in check when you were when you were climbing or hiking?
2: See, well, IBD—I don't really have it, do I? Because I used to have colitis. Now I'm healed. That's oh, of am. course. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> so I feel sorry for those with Crohn's, especially. And I was lucky enough to have colitis because that's just gone because they took the whole system out, basically, haven't they? So, but like hydration, massive, massive thing, definitely.
1: Why is that so important for somebody with a stone bag?
2: Well, I, I didn't know it was until 10 years after I had my ileostomy. And I was on the plane coming back from think, Tenerife or somewhere. I think it was Tenerife. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: uh, that sounds more <laughs> like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of hiking I can get on board with. I should have,
2: said, it. I should have said, quite nicely, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> and and my, my kidney stopped working on the plane. And then the other one started to pack in. Now, I, I wasn't aware. They asked for a doctor on the plane. i become unconscious on the plane. Once again, using up my cat's lives and stuff like that. And then got to Newcastle Airport and the ambulance picked us off the plane, rushed we to the hospital. And they said, You don't know, you're chronically like, I thought it was off the drink. I just thought I'd been getting drunk all week. It's off the drink. No, they said, The dehydration has affected your kidneys and everything. And dehydration, I'm not dehydrated. You know what I mean, I drank some water earlier and no, water's the worst thing an ileostomist can drink anyway. Why is that? because it speeds up your output, so you get rid of more salt. I didn't know this either. You, you lose all your salts, you lose all your electrolytes, and then people think, oh, just have a pint of water. No, it's the worst thing you can do. So what,
1: what do you have instead?
2: Well, just the <clears throat> i will Pretty much, that, that is a small glass of water, but I, I'll sip it just because I'm talking. But generally, I'll have two diarolites a day, regardless if I'm doing any uh, physical exercise, gym, hiking or anything. And when I was doing Kilimanjaro, I was taking 15 packets a day. Just be hydrated.
0: Wow. And when you're up the mountain, how hard is it to do a bag change in terms of like the conditions if it's freezing? Like I can just imagine with fingers not being able to move properly. How hard was that?
2: Well, I don't have a thyroid as well because that was cancer. It took out for cancer. So my fingers and my toes and things like that really get affected with the cold when I'm hiking, especially in snow and stuff like that. So they were extra cold. And on the side of the mountain, I just, I'm quite brutal. I don't want, you know, I, mean? I just tear it off, pour a new one on. There's no faff. I, I think, do I use anything? I use a bit of powder sometimes. I don't even shave it, I just tear it off fast and it shaves it for us. For you know I, <laughs> I ain't got time for all the faff. It makes it become more needy, creams and whatever keeps people out of it though. Each their own, whatever. Because it's a two piece and it clips onto the base plate, I did struggle clipping it on because my fingers are that cold. Because I'd used gloves instead of mitts. So once you take them off, it took around two hours for my hands to warm back up where I could open a zip. That was a mistake. <laughs> will not happen again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and were there any kind of output mishaps up the mountain or anything that did you have to share with the other hikers?
2: I had a tent of my own, only not because not I've got a bag, just because I thought there's some women on the trip, there will be, and the wife will go mental if I'm sharing it with some 18-year-old Swede. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great, but I know during the night, one night, it was raining really, really bad, because the weather changes. It's its own micro-climate, and it rains, then you've got snow, then ice, hill, red-hot sunshine, within an hour. You can have all of them within an hour. Wow. And uh, during the night, they, one of the lads, he was a medic, believe it or not, paramedic from Australia, which was lucky. And uh, I did say to him, if we've got any problems, I'm going to see you first. He was like, no, don't, I'm not at work, don't. <laughs>
0: The <laughs> out of work
2: email is yeah. on, it's off. Die on your own, I'm not at work. <laughs> but uh, during the night he, he was shouting, how lucky are you not having to go into the toilet because I just, it's a two piece, I just slipped the bag off, put a new one on, toilet done. We <laughs> <Done. laughs> <laughs> had to walk like 300 yards in an absolute gale to use the, the worst toilets you can imagine on the planet.
1: Um, you said something about um, a, a base plate before. Could you just describe or explain to us what, what that actually is?
2: Basically, the bag on your side, collecting the output, you can either get a one-piece or a two-piece, which is um, from a load of range of different companies, although one pieces two pieces. the one-pieces and two-pieces. The one-piece sticks on. Now, to empty it, you just go to the toilet as normal and empty it. The two-piece, how oh, that's different, it has a base plate that sticks on first, and you can then put the, the bag onto the base plate, it just clips on it means when i'm hiking if you're in a place where you need to go to the toilet you can change it over in seconds like a lift
1: <laughs> so have you done it in a lift then yes <laughs> that is great yeah i mean the number of times i've been at li- in a lift actually i got stuck in a lift once like desperate for the toilet oh god you know did you did you GPS. follow through or uh, no i am actually i was successful at okay. hold, holding holding it on that on that occasion <laughs> other lifts we've been
0: banned from some lifts on the london underground <laughs> yeah <laughs> and were there anybody uh, either within you, kind of your fellow hikers, or anybody back home that didn't think that you would be able to make the climb because you had a yeah. statement? Uh,
2: everybody, really, really. The, the close family that knew us, the wife was more worried because she said, "You'll die trying," that type of thing. Because I'll, I'll not stop no matter how I, I became. Just mm. sort of see where she's coming from on that one. Um, <laughs> she's got <a> point. <laughs> yeah, she had a point. I didn't say that to her yeah of course never no, <laughs> so you're right Lynn but she's not listening to this podcast so it's all right
0: <laughs> well make sure she gets the show notes don't you
2: <laughs> but, uh, as soon as I arrived over there I met the guide he said your bag is uh, maybe 15 kilogram and it was 17 he said your bag's two kilo over and I, I opened it up and I had like all my bags all my hydration stuff all my pain killers because of my arthritis like to get us just to get us up there and he went What's these for? And I just lifted my top. I showed him the bag, and you can't climb a mountain with that. <gasps> and they had a massive meeting. Wait, well, I say a massive, like twenty-minute talk.
0: It was massive, <laughs> but it was
2: massive for me because I thought they were going to say no. Yeah,
0: because, of course. And
2: the, then the t- the top guy came. and He went, no, no, he's already pre emailed us, and he explained and it, like everything he said. So he's all right. He, he thinks he can do it. So and he, I had to sign a disclaimer. I wouldn't die and, and all that stuff. Oh my
1: goodness. And and you did it. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah just like the rest
0: like and have you got any other kind of adventures planned for the future obviously pandemic aside
2: that's been a pain the pandemic hasn't it that's for sure Yeah, um, I do want to go back to Russia and climb Mount Elbrus I do because Russia's my favourite city in the world Moscow is my favourite city in the world really yeah I love it
1: what, why do you love it so much
2: just the culture and and I used to chase them around for 10 years secretly and... yeah <laughs> So now now I'm I'm in the Kremlin, it's cool. And I think I used to listen to you a lot. <laughs> I don't say that when I'm over there though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was life like, just just as a side I'm interested, what was life like on a submarine? Like what were the what were the pros and cons of, of being on a
2: submarine? No sunlight for months on end. And the pros, doing stuff that you wouldn't ever you wouldn't ever think that you would even think happened. That was interesting.
0: I mean, the trust is gone. I'm not going to lie, Glenn. I, I, the trust after knowing that you, <laughs> these are your skills—absolutely yeah. terrifying. Skill no. <laughs> so obviously, we're talking about you speaking in in public and and doing doing these speeches. What kind of message do you want to get out to people who might be going through something similar? Partic- particularly, I know we were talking about um, men talking, being open about their mental health. What what is your kind of the message you want to tell people?
2: well men female whichever any anybody that's afraid to speak out it's okay not to be okay don't be afraid to ask other estimates anything they want as most of these worries can be put aside within within a few messages or a few minutes of speaking to somebody definitely Mm. be ashamed of having a stoma or a chronic illness whether it's a hidden or, or visible same if you become open about it yourself and you accept it your life does become a lot better definitely
0: are there any que- um, kind of questions that that come up a lot from people that you that you see a pattern in?
2: Yeah, a lot of people don't even, like, I'm not judging notes, so don't judge anybody, but they will struggle to even go to the supermarket because they're worried it'll burst. Wow. And if you're worried it'll burst, it, or if it's bursting that often, I'll tell them it's the wrong bag then. I mean, mine burst when I jumped over a river in Norfolk and I cracked all my cheekbones, it did pop.
1: Glen, do you ever stop? Just, just stop it. <laughs> no,
2: but... They are quite robust, that's what I'm saying. They are. They put up with some stick, do you know what I mean? They definitely do. And if it bursts and you walk into to it's the wrong product.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really, really helpful because that just then eliminates the sort of shame from a personal perspective, like it's you or it's embarrassing. It's just, it's the product, not the product and, and not you. So I'm sure that is really, really helpful for many people to, to hear. Yeah,
2: um, I know a lot, a lot of ostomates don't realise that there, there are other companies you can choose from, especially in the UK because it's free. We are blessed with the health service completely. They, they think you have to stick with a certain product because they're pressurised from a certain nurse or medical company or whatever. No, the choice is there. Try every single one of them until you're happy.
1: How many have you tried?
2: Oh, I've stuck with one for a lot of years, actually. The first year was horrendous because the, the nurse gave me a certain make and it kept falling off. So when I was like playing golf, my bag fell off on that tee. <laughs> like a hole in one. <laughs> yeah. but like whole don't, don't leave your tee on the tee. Don't leave that shit on the tee, basically. But <laughs> <clears throat> so I, I got cleaned up in the street. Now, I wasn't that bothered, but the three strangers I was playing with, two of them were really, really bothered.
0: Really?
2: And, and it spoiled my game, so I lost the game. So we are playing for money, and that was obviously very important. Oh. And, but uh, and, like I said, the, that was one-piece. Didn't work with us. No one-pieces did from any company. And after that day, I went back to see them and I said, I want every sample I can possibly find. And I found one that sticks on that much and just about get off.
0: What company is this, gun? Would you recommend them so that other
2: people... Can- Convitech. Convitech. Okay. And I use the moldable, so a lot of people have to cut their base plates. And it's a new, it's like a new technology. You don't need to cut it, you just roll it back. So you never need to cut them. And it hugs your stormer, like gently hugs your stormer. Creates a brilliant sale. Very strong. We'll
0: fantastic yeah. we'll get a get a subscription out for our our listeners yeah. i can't yeah. promise that why am i promising yeah. that I can't. we can't do that but <laughs> we'll
2: try <laughs>
0: and glenn where can people find you on uh social media or things like that if they'd like to reach out to you
2: on instagram generally or twitter or facebook the, the, all in all you know basically everywhere
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your insta handle do you know it do you know it off by heart
2: to meet on tour you're in It's Aliostomy. Sat at dorm, isn't it? In the bar, really, as a kid. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, Glenn, thank you so much for talking to us.
2: It's That's all right. It was good. Yeah. Thank, thank
0: you so much. What a hoot! We'll get a uh, free free vouchers to the doghouse, hopefully.
2: Some... <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, yeah. Only one. <laughs>
0: yeah, Stop what you're doing. Let's talk about pooing so this is the part of the show where we read out these brilliant turd tales that have been sent in to us. Please keep sending them in. They are amazing. I love them. And so, Evie, what is our turd tale of the week? So this story we've
1: had sent in this week is called Dr. Pooh and his K9 assistant. So it says, I have a turd tale that still keeps me awake at night and it gives me a stressed stomach whenever I think about what happened. And more importantly... What almost happened. Oh my goodness. I'd just come back from a lengthy trip away, and I'm not sure whether it was something I had eaten or the sudden return to anxiety ridden London, but I woke up on this particular day with a severe case of the shits. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had picked this day to volunteer to help dog sit with my uncle, who had just had a knee operation, so he couldn't walk, said Dog. A very sweet and characterful miniature schnauzer named Stanley. I thought you meant so he couldn't walk, said the dog. I can't walk (laughs) I can't walk (laughs) said dog (laughs) I got mad okay so for clarification the uncle can't walk said dog dog can
0: can walk cannot speak Okay
1: love miniature schnauzers oh i love them so a side note worth mentioning is that stanley who belonged to my uncle's friend who i shall not name drop but all i will say is that he is a former doctor who oh wow my uncle had decided to meet a friend with stanley at a coffee shop and asked if i could meet them there i decided not only to give in to peer pressure and order a coffee oh crap so they've got a dodgy stomach and they've ordered a coffee good plan <laughs> that's not great Surprisingly, the overpriced cappuccino didn't have the instant impact that I feared, and so, thinking I was fine, I offered to take Stanley for a walk on my own as soon as we finished. My uncle, having looked after Stanley for a while and worried about the little schnauzer chasing after him, decided to join us on the walk for a bit and then head back once we had entered the park. Make sure to keep him on the lead for a little bit longer after I've gone, my uncle said. Otherwise, he'll probably run straight after me once he's seen that I've left. Will do, I said confidently, (laughs) looking forward to a quaint walk with this lovely angelic schnauzer on a sunny May afternoon. And so my uncle left us and exited the park while my canine assistant and I walked further into the meadow on our merry ways. I decided to keep Stanley on his lead for, I would say, no shorter than 10 more minutes, confident that this would be enough time for him not to chase back after my uncle.' Unfortunately, during this time, my stomach has started to feel the full force of the ill-judged cappuccino, and I began to feel simultaneously sick and tense in the bum region. No. God knows why I decided that this would be a good moment to let Stanley free and enjoy the wide open space of the park, because what actually happened is that as soon as I let Stanley off the leash, the little shit darted back in the direction that we came, clearly running after my departed uncle. ''No, no, Stanley!'' I shouted, and I started to run after him. And what do you know, as soon as I started running, I could feel the poo brewing. Oh, God. I then faced a Sophie's Choice level of dilemmas. (laughs) Do I keep running, knowing any second I could not only shit myself, but very likely throw up in the middle of this park? Or do I stop, tame the diarrhoea, but potentially lose the doctor's dog?'' I decided the former was the less of the two evils, so I powered on and continued to chase after the tyrant. But this dog seemed faster than anything I'd ever seen and was unlikely to stop. Meanwhile, I was literally on the brink of violent diarrhoea. I just wasn't going to last. Until after what seemed like an eternity, he reached the entrance of the park in which he arrived. He stopped and turned around to look at me. Thank God. Good boy, Stanley, I said, (laughs) panting and trying not to vomit. Come here. And what did he do? As soon as I took a step towards him, off he went again, Ah. this time through the entrance of the park and into the busy main road full of cars. It was at this moment that I shat myself. No! This is it, I told myself. I'm going to have killed the doctor's dog and shat myself in the I could see it now returning to the doctor's house holding his dead dog with turd-stained trousers. I then proceeded to ignore the turd in my pants and chase him once more in what seemed like that dream where your legs are moving twice as slow as you'd like them to. Mm-hmm. To my utter relief, found him at the entrance of the pub opposite the park. He knows <laughs> what gonna was. Having crossed the road without being run over, I managed to cross the road gingerly and grabbed him, leashed him up real nice, much to the disapproval of the pub goers in the front garden who had just seen this dog nonchalantly crossing the road by himself. (laughs) And luckily, when I told my uncle about almost dead Stanley after I darted immediately to the toilet on return, he found it hilarious, as did the former Doctor Who, who my uncle decided to tell. But there is not one day that goes by where I do not think of the moment where I thought I'd kill the doctor's dog. While shitting myself, (laughs) wonderful.
0: It is, and he says it's like a Sophie's choice because when you're in that moment, no, it feels like the world is going to end if you do follow through.
1: And also, I feel like if you're doing something for somebody that you don't really know very well, everything's kind of your anxiety is high on it anyway. Let alone if you've got a dog that's a disappeared, b potentially dead, and you've got shit in your pants, and you (laughs) might throw up. (laughs) What a
0: nightmare! Ninety nine problems, but. A bitch. Well, Sammy one. Stanley it still is one. was
1: one. What a fucking nightmare.
0: What I'm loving as well is people getting in contact with us after, after these turd tales or things that have happened in the episode. And one that has... I've had so many messages this week, both from friends and from anonymous mm. people. Um... About the squatty potty. Oh my goodness! That has yeah. resonated with you guys like mad. What What have you been hearing? So people love the squatty potty. Apparently, there's an amazing advert that um, displays a unicorn pooping that that shows you how the squatty potty works. We should put it in the show notes because it is actually very good. I, I watched it. Seen it. It's brilliant. Uh, one of my friends also said that um, I should never go travelling around Asia because so many of the toilets are kind of almost you'd need a you'd need a squatty potty to sort yourself out because they're all in the ground or mm. you, you'd need to have good squatting positions. She is very good at yoga, so she was able to do that. And then another friend got in contact with me. and said she, both her family home and her sister's family home, they have squatty potties because they have found it so good. She actually sent me a okay. gif um of a um like a water slide flume because she says it comes out poo comes out so much easier with it. She so said it's saved that I was, So what I actually was been trying this week is to if i was struggling with poo which i actually have a bit this week mm. to lift my legs yes. in the air to almost create a squatting vibe oh my sweet fanny scared. aunt he is,
1: is fantastic well because that's kind of i suppose why people lots of time give birth that way yeah because you kind of your whole weight is in your fa- gravity's in your favor basically. this has changed
0: everything for me everything I mean, that's I'm, a big statement. But also, apparently, you can get a squatty Posse in lots of quite nice colours. Like, they don't oh. look, like, too kind of garish or anything. And now I'm like, I might get one. I th- I th- yeah, I feel like in family homes, it's either
1: a legacy or tradition you're brought up with, I suppose, in a similar vein to the poo knife. Yeah, If you've always had one in your house, you you're don't gonna question miss it when there's not. You're yeah. really going to miss one. So have you found one that you
0: like i haven't yet i need to go look but apparently they do come, come in some quite nice colors i
1: have actually seen one which is like a natural wood Ooh. and it just looks quite sort of you know nordic um, minimalistic design
0: that would go with my flooring um, and well. i
1: think it would go with your bathroom
0: and i was also in a friend's house the other day and they had um the rituals kind of odor toilet spray oh tell us about this holy mother i could have moved into that toilet there it smell and then what of summer
1: really oh my so god it wasn't like this is a cover-up no it was, it was one of the
0: nicest smell like i would oh. wear it as a perfume oh, i honestly yeah. was like i don't right. want to leave and mm-hmm. i've just done a bit of a smelly poo and i don't want to leave i mean that's remarkable isn't that amazing that's a,
1: a real endorsement of i that wonder product. if
0: it's expensive because rituals can be a bit expensive but i'm gonna go look into it because i want mm-hmm. it i want to buy it
1: um is it aesop Yes, they have I, well, I imagine they're, you know, very high-end products, but they have some of the best drops ever. They had, it's yes. like an orange one. Yes. And it just, it... T- it smells like the taste of the nicest sweet you've ever had There's
0: the thing and like VIP, poo poopery i actually really considering we're doing this podcast i need to up my toilet mm, game because i actually because obviously you come around here and record a lot and i always think my bathroom should be a beautiful place for her to go because we talk about this all Aww. the time and it's not easy. i'm i need to get more products um, that would make it a more um a less a uh, worrying experience that you know that you've got the tools there to cover the smell
1: i appreciate you saying that but you have had a new toilet tablet, and I've just spotted. Did you see that. it? I yeah. went out and
0: got it this morning.
1: Did you we were coming? You didn't. I did. I did a similar thing when you came last. I got that lemon one. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that as well. God, it's so nice. And the fact you just said it should be a really nice atmosphere for her to use. <laughs> for you, it should for be her. nice for you. And that and would be the wife. name of like the perfume for her toilet tablet. She can move in here for. Her. Um, okay. I feel like we've done very well there. Thank you so much for your Dr. Pooh story. If you do have any other turd tales, please do send them in. Thank you so, so much for all your listening and supporting and tweeting and DMing. It's so nice to have so many people being so supportive. We've checked the stats and we've got listeners in the UK, in New Zealand, Australia, America, India, India right, right. Czech
0: Republic, Who Norway, Czech- Finland, Canada... I don't know what's in it for them. Us. But. That, that's not much, that's enough of the selfie. Not,
1: no, it's not. But thank you. So if you're in the Czech Republic and you're listening to us,
0: thank you. Thank you so I mean, if anywhere you are, but I'm just I'm not away. And also, away. please do let us know as well if um, anything we're saying, you're like, those bloody Brits are mental. We do it like this. <sighs> you're British. I want to know. Like, I want to know. Um, traditions in other in other countries what your toilet tips and tricks are what are your family poo legacies exactly all of that stuff
1: send them over oh thank you so so much and please don't forget to share review rate and subscribe to the podcast um because it, it
0: really does make a difference to um our mental well-being it does and if you want to email in you can find us at thepoodcastofficial at gmail.com or find us on instagram or twitter at the underscore poodcast and we also have a shiny new website do you
1: have a website yeah
0: so check it out it's thepoodcast.com and also on this fantastic shiny new website um you can find out who will be coming up as guests later on in the series and we have some humdingers so do go have in, a look. in a good way oh yeah is the yeah. humdinger not bad
1: oh it's an absolute humdinger
0: oh I no i'd be bad. like oh
1: what humdinger i've just done a huge turning toilet it's an absolute humdinger oh for fuck's sake okay nick, fine. What, sorry nick what would you say, is I it say hum- it's a good thing oh, okay well, sorry i sound corrected a humdinger is a good one
0: well sorry they're great Maybe good or bad like, yeah aloha hello or goodbye oh yeah i don't know they're fantastic sorry. go check it out <laughs> they're all good Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.